Well, welcome. Uh, we're glad you're joining us online. Blue Springs Christian Church family, it's good to be together. Those that are joining us for the first time, uh, catching us online either here in the Blue Springs area or, or around the world, we are glad that you've joined us today. I know there's so much going on, uh, so much going on in your minds and your lives right now, how this pandemic has affected each one of you. Uh, I want you to know we're, we're, we care about you. We, uh, it's been a busy week. Things have been changing constantly for us and for you. And so please know, as Dave mentioned earlier, that we are thinking about you, praying for you. We want to be here for you as best we can and do whatever we can to, to support you uh, through, this, uh, through this time. You know, when we uh, decided to do this series, it's a series on evangelism, sharing your faith with other people. We chose this title of going viral months ago, way before this even came about. And yet, how um, critical it is that we really consider Jesus Christ being shared to the world at this time. Even though it's, it's maybe a little cliche to use that title, it's still so important that we understand how important in difficulties that we need Jesus. So I have a big idea I just want to share with you um, as we start this message and as we go through this together. And here's the big idea. God has a plan and you are part of it. God has a plan and you are part of it. You see, if, if you're a Christian, God has called us to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. That was given to us in Matthew 28. To go and to make disciples and to baptize and to teach. To take it viral, to take it out to the world. That's what he's called us to do and to be. For those that maybe are listening for the first time and maybe are questioning and wondering what's going on in our world, the big idea has a part for you as well. God has a plan, and you are part of it. And so as I share God's word with you, that's what we're going to do. We're going to dig into his word. We're going to see what, what he was doing in the life of the early church when challenges came upon them, and how one man spoke into another, and how lives were changed. I don't know about you, but um, I'm a planner. I like to plan things. I'm a list maker. I like to, to plan vacations and trips or activities months in advance. Matter of fact, my family, um, I, I think they think I'm crazy at times because I'm such a planner. I like things to be prepared. I like things to be in order. And sometimes we can't that can't be the case. Sometimes we have to, to, to take what it is. Matter of fact, I've, I've tried to get better with that as I've gotten older. Um, I've tried to have a little spontaneity in my life. Um, but uh, as my uh, family would tell you, um, it's called planned spontaneity. Uh, I'll do spontaneity as long as there's a little bit of planning that takes place. And God had a plan. The plan started when Jesus died on the cross and he gave it to his disciples and said, go into all the world and share 
about me. To take it into the world, to, to see how um, Christ could affect those in this world. So we need to be prepared. No matter what's coming our way, we need to be prepared to be able to share Jesus Christ. And we need to be prepared to accept him as well. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to, those, uh, to um, Acts chapter 8. We'll also have those um, scripture on um, the video as well as we go through this. But if you have your scriptures, we invite you to, to turn there. A lot is happening in the early church at this time. And I love this passage. This is probably one of my most favorite passages of, of discipleship, of evangelism that is found uh, in the New Testament. Because it really shows the heart of an individual, both individuals that are involved with this. So Acts chapter 8, starting verses 1 through 8. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and, and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he, dra he dragged them, both men and women, and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So uh, I want to get the picture here. In, in, in the early church, Jesus asked the disciples, the apostles, to go to Jerusalem, to start in Jerusalem, and that's what they've been doing. So as you look at Acts, in the first seven chapters in particular, we see that that's where the, the apostles are at. They're teaching, they're admonishing, they're, they're, they're bringing up Christ, they're letting people know about Jesus, his death and his resurrection, and his life. In chapter seven, right before this, Stephen has, has given what God has, has called upon his heart to, to share, and because of that, he's stoned to death. He's put to death because of his faith in Jesus Christ. It was a horrible time for them. And we get to chapter 8 here, and at the very beginning, it says that this great persecution was taking place. That the church was being scattered, that, that they're being sent out away from Jerusalem, where they were comfortable. They were comfortable there, and now they had to go out. Saul was destroying the church. He was taking men and women and throwing them in prison. He was, he was doing what, what he thought he should do, and that was to destroy the church. But God's church isn't to be destroyed. I love this, this part in verse 4. It says, those who were scattered preached the word wherever they went. No matter where they went, they continued to preach Jesus. Let's continue on. Verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Philip. What do we know about Philip? We really see Philip coming in, into play in chapter 6 of Acts. He's one of seven that are, that are asked to go and to take care of those needs of the widows in that area. He's to be an apostle to, to share with those people there. 
And because he was doing such a great job, they, he, he's called to continue this, this ministry. And it's interesting that he was sent to go to Samaria. Samaria, a place where, if uh, for you, if you know Scripture speaks of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, the Jews and Samaritans didn't get along together. They, they, didn't, they didn't mix well. The Samaritans were considered less than anybody else in that area. And, and Philip is asked, he's just an ordinary guy doing what he's called to do, to go to Samaria, to proclaim Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that passage there, Jesus is asking his disciples to start in Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the world. And so this is the, the scattering that's taking place from Acts 1, 8 that he speaks of. Philip goes. He's given powers to heal those that were needing it through the name of Jesus Christ. And I love verse 8. Enjoy took place and joy took place so as christians for for those that have accepted jesus christ in their life there, there's four things that uh, i'm going to talk about for both the christians and those that may need to accept jesus in your life even today and that's this the first one's this as christians we need to be, be prepared to go philip went where he was needed philip had to he just took it upon himself that when he was called to go somewhere, that he went. Now, obviously, in the time that we're living in right now, we're not able to go anywhere. We're pretty well stuck at home with our families. And maybe that's where it needs to start, is the family. No, I know it's where it needs to start. That our going is, is just sharing with each other what Jesus is doing in your life. And though we may not be able to go to our places of business or to meet as a worship, in worship together, God's still calling us to go. It's just looking different right now. It's looking different in that it's picking up the phone and having a, a telephone call with someone. Maybe it's getting on FaceTime with someone and, and, and seeing their face and, and sharing with them. We still have the ability to go. Our go just looks a little bit differently right now and that might mean even taking a little bit out of your comfort zone philip was comfortable in jerusalem now he's going to an area that he did not know well so we need to go we're going to jump down to acts 8 verse 26 and we're going to start there this is where philip is picked up again and this is the the part of the story that i just love about philip it says this and now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the, all the treasury of Kandak, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. I'm going to stop there for a second. Here Philip is. He's in Samaria. He goes to this place that he really wasn't wanting to go to, and he's having success. 
People are coming to know Jesus through him. And now the Spirit, an angel, says of the Lord, said to Philip to go south, to take this desert road away from what you're already doing, to leave the success of sharing Jesus and to go and follow me. One that's less crowded. And, and on his way, he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch, so a high official, a high official within the government. His role was to make sure that the treasury was taken care of. He and the queen had a great relationship of working together. And it's interesting to see um, in, in this passage that, that here the, the eunuch had gone up to Jerusalem to worship. He had heard what was taking place in Jerusalem, the life change that was happening there. So he went to worship. And on his way home, he's reading the book of Isaiah. He had gotten himself a scroll, something that, that wasn't necessarily cheap to purchase. And yet, he found it important to be in God's Word. To, to, to study what God had for him. Continue on. Verse 29, The Spirit said to Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. And Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Here, here Philip is, is traveling down this road and, and the Spirit told Philip to go up to the chariot. I love, and I just, I love trying to get the, the, the picture of what was taking place here. He's walking down the road. The Spirit comes to him and says, hey, go to this chariot. And it says he ran to the chariot. He knew the importance of following what, what the Spirit was asking him to do. As he comes up to that chariot, he's, he hears words, God's word from the book of Isaiah being, being, being read. And I love what he did here. He asked a question, a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what the Scripture's saying? And in all transparency of the Ethiopian eunuch, he, he responded with a question back or, or with a statement, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And the two men sat in the chariot together. As, as we prepare ourselves to share Jesus with people, not only are we to go in, in whatever form or fashion we need to do so, but we also need to be prepared to listen. Do you consider yourself a good listener? You know, I struggle with this at times. I, I, I listen for what at times I want to hear. I listen at times of what I think is the good things. But am I a good listener? Where I can shut the things down around me and really listen to what is being said to me. Be it from a family member or a coworker or a friend. Do I really listen well? Here, 
we see two examples of listening that I think needs to take place in our lives. The first is from, from the Spirit. That, that God has given those who believe and have accepted Jesus Christ in their life the Holy Spirit to live in them. And we talk about God and we talk about Jesus a lot, but sometimes we, we don't talk as much about the Spirit living in us and dwelling in us, speaking to us. Have you found the quiet time recently in the midst of what is happening in our world to listen to the Spirit? To, to listen to what God is trying to say to you in this time? To heed what He's sharing with you? To maybe that, that prompting that you've been feeling that sometimes we call coincidence that really is the Spirit speaking. And maybe that that listening that needs to take place is the Spirit saying, this is who you need to talk to. This is who you need to reach out to about Jesus. Are you listening to the Spirit? And secondly, are you listening to others? People around you, talking to you, engaging with you, maybe they're asking questions of you. They know you're a Christian. They know you profess to, to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and for whatever reason or however way you've shared it with them, they know that. And maybe they've been trying to find out more, but, but we haven't been listening well. We need to, to put everything else aside, the, put the cell phones down and the computers and the distractions and just listen. Listen to those this next week as you have phone calls with people, as you, as you interact in, in whatever form or fashion you're able to do so at this time, are you really listening to what they're asking? Are they asking the question, man, I wish I knew more about your Jesus. Would you tell me more? Would you tell me more? Verse 32. This is the passage of Scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his shear is silent, he did, he did not open his mouth. In his hum humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The eunuch said, ask Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. I love this passage. I love this passage because it shows that no matter what Scripture you use, be it from the Old Testament or the New Testament, God had set up the message of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. This, this passage of, of the sheep being led to the slaughter, the, the lamb before the shear is silent, who is he speaking of? He's speaking of Jesus from Isaiah. Scripture leads to Jesus. God's, God's story is, is put in the 66 books given to us so that we can share Jesus with others. The eunuch still had a question. Who is he speaking of? 
And I love Philip's reaction to this. He began with that very passage of Scripture. And he told them the good news about Jesus. Jesus Christ is good news in the midst of bad news. Jesus Christ rules this world when the world seems to be in chaos. Jesus Christ needs to be shared. We have so many great individuals in our church that love to share about Jesus with people. And one young lady in our church set aside her plans this past year after she graduated to going to college to study um, something different than what she's studying now. She decided to take a year and, and focus on what God is doing in her life to be a sharer of Jesus with others, to be a disciple to others. So would you listen to Sophie Simon as she gives her testimony now? Uh, whenever I'd hear evangelism, um, you know, early on in my walk, I always thought that was just for people who had more knowledge than me, who were more experienced, who had more courage. Um, it's really anything that wasn't me. And uh, I just thought maybe that'd be me in the future, but definitely not right now. Um, but I realized recently that God's plan is actually to bring all nations, peoples, tribes, tongues to himself. And he, his means of doing that is actually through us. Uh, and he says that actually in the Great Commission, where he tells us to make disciples of all nations and promises that Jesus will be with us to the very end of the age. Um, and that's incredible that we get to be a part of God bringing um, himself glory and he chooses to do that through us um, so after realizing that my question is what is the gospel um, what do I share you know what do I tell people um, and the gospel is that we were once sinner, uh, enemies with God um, because of our sin um, and there is nothing that we can do to contribute to our salvation um, so God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross taking on all of our sin um, all the wrongs that we have done and will do. And um, whenever he rose again three days later, he actually uh, proved that sin and death were conquered. And if we repent and believe in him, then we have everlasting life with, um, with God and our relationship is now reconciled. So what a gospel that we have, right? Um, so uh, an example of uh, me sharing that was actually uh, last semester, I was uh, hanging out at UMKC and um, I met one of my best uh, lost friends now. Her name's Zainab. Um, she's a Muslim. And so I just kind of came up to her knowing that most Muslims in Kansas City have never heard the gospel before. So I was like, hey, maybe we'll be friends and I can share with her. So I wasn't sure how, how this is going to work, um, but uh, came up to her and we just had a conversation and it easily transitioned into a gospel conversation talking about her beliefs, my beliefs, and um, we've met about four times now, and we've agreed that we are both going to find truth. Um, we want to know what's right. One of us has to be right, so um, I'm just praying that um, God will reveal that she needs a Savior, um, and that is Jesus. Um, yeah, so just be praying for Zainab. But what I think that was kind of easy to transition into such a spiritual conversation was because 
the gospel was so central in why I wanted to talk to her. It's actually central in most of my conversations that I have um, actually with non-believers, but also believers. Um, something I heard recently is that evangelism is when the gospel is so central in our lives, something that we talk about so often that is so easily brought up in conversation that we don't even realize it almost sometimes. Um, so I just encourage you that uh, you make it a goal that every conversation you have, especially with believers, we need to remind each other why we're united as one body um, as the church, and that is because of the blood of Jesus. That is because of the gospel um, that you remind each other of that um, constantly, and that is good practice for when you do talk to non-believers. Um, that, that comes up so easily in your conversation, um, even just like, how are you doing today, you know? Um, actually, I'm doing great because I read um, this scripture and hopefully that points back to the gospel and you can easily um, share with them. So I just encourage you that um, you practice just sharing the gospel with one another um, and that just easily goes into sharing the gospel with your lost friends um, and everyone around you. Um, we get to be a part in bringing God's glory uh, to the world and I just pray that that is an encouragement to you as it was for me. You know, I love that about Sophie. I love that about so many that share from their heart. I love her, her, her point of that if it's so central of who we are, that it should just be an everyday part of our lives. That somehow we can, we can insert what Jesus is doing in our lives no matter what is happening around us. That's just part of us. That's that easy to share. And yet I know for some, it's not that easy. They, 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 they're, they're not sure what to say. They, they feel like, and maybe this is you, that you, you don't have the right words or, or you haven't studied enough or you think you need to know more. But we just need to share Jesus with people. We need to be prepared to share Jesus with people. So how do we best do this? So I, I'm going to give a couple examples for you. A couple things is, is uh, Sophie kind of mentioned in, in her video testimony of even doing this at home with your family, practicing at home if this is something that you, um, is not easy for you to do. But secondly, I, I want to speak also to those that have not met Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is for you as well. These words that I say, as I, as I share this as an example of, of, of two passages, I, I want you to know that Jesus is there. The first passage is one that you may have heard. You've seen maybe before on banners at football games and in the stands. It's John three sixteen. It says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. A passage that I grew up learning and, and understanding. But as we dissect this passage just for just a minute, I, I want to point out a few key words. Key words that as Christians we can share with others as we share this passage, but again, for those that may have never accepted Jesus in your life, this passage for you. For God so loved the world. You were loved. 
You are loved in the midst of everything going on. No matter what you have done in life, you are loved. And even what's happening in the midst of our world, God loves his creation, and you're part of it. Understanding how how that love is just a part of who God is. That he loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. I, I can't imagine what that was like for God to give up a child, his only child, to take um, a perfect son in Jesus, to send him to this earth to take on our sins, to take on our, 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 the penalty of our sins to die on the cross for us that he gave. It was a gift. Gifts aren't earned. Gifts, gifts don't have to be earned. They're given. God gave his son for us. You don't have to do anything to earn your way to God. It says that whoever believes in him, see, that's what God wants. That's, that's, that's what he's requesting of us, is that we believe in him, that we put our faith in him, that we trust him, even though we may not see him physically, he calls us to believe, to believe that he can take our sins, that he has freed us. Why? That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Shall not perish, shall not die in sin. We're all going to die. Sometime in our life, that's going to happen. The question is, are you dying with Jesus or without him? Are you dying with Jesus in eternal life or without it? We all need Jesus. John 3.16 gives us that framework. Another passage that might be, uh, maybe even put a little bit more um, personal, if you would. And this involves an illustration called the bridge illustration. One that you can use, again, as a Christian, as you are are sharing with others, simply um, this illustration. And again, for those that have not accepted Jesus in your life, maybe this will be another way for you to understand this. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the first part of it says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's take that first part here first. And if you have a piece of paper, uh, have a notebook, you're taking notes uh, today as you um, go through this, uh, um, this sermon today, I invite you to draw a cliff. It kind of looked like this uh, on your screen. The opportunity to see mankind on the left-hand side. You and me. You can even draw a stick figure there of of yourself if you want on this cliff. And down below you see the word death. That That is what is there for us. We're going to die. And we see this chasm that's, that's, uh, that's separating us from something. And it's the something is this. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is eternal life. See, God is, is, is there for us. He's provided that gift, as I shared through John 3.16, and that gift gives us life. But there's still this, this chasm between us. And we may try to fill that chasm with things, 
Things that we do to get right with God. To, to put us in the right footprint with what God wants. But we'll never get there. The chasm is, is too deep, too, too wide for that to happen. There's only one way. And it's a bridge between the two. Mankind and God. It says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The cross is the only way to eternal life. Jesus Christ is the only way for, for us to have salvation forever. And that news, the news of Jesus needs to be shared. It doesn't have to be a, a, a big story from, from Scripture. It's that simple. Jesus came to the world to die for each one of us. And that leads us to the last point of this message. That we need to be prepared for a response. Acts chapter 8, verses 36 through 40. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to the chariot. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip, Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Atosis and traveled, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Be prepared for a response. See, the eunuch had just been shared, Philip just shared with the eunuch the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's either one of two responses that's going to come if you share with someone. They're going to say, yes, I need to know more. Or I'm not quite sure yet. Help me understand a little bit. That's, that's the two choices that people have in a response that they give. I, I love this this response. I love what's taking place. Philip had told him enough about Jesus, had, had shared what Christ had said in, in Matthew 28 to go and to teach and to baptize. I love that they, you see this picture. They come up to water. And he asks another question the eunuch did. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And they stopped the chariot. I don't know if you look in your scriptures. Verse 37 is listed there, but with a little uh, side note. Some of the manuscripts that are out there um, read this. Philip said in verse 37, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The eunuch answered, I believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, what God calls us to do is to believe. God calls us to confess. And God calls us to be baptized. I remember having dinner with good friends of ours in the last year. And I posed this question to him. I said, Brett, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What's stopping you? I posed that same question to you. What are you waiting for? What, what can we do to help you understand more who Jesus Christ is? 
for those that call Blue Springs their home, for those that are, are call Christ their Savior. Look for the response. Ask the question, what are you waiting for? If you really believe in Jesus, do, do you believe? If so, why not accept Him and be baptized into Him? And for you, they're still searching. John 3.16, Romans 6.23. What are you waiting for? As we conclude this series of going viral, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others, may we take it upon ourselves, those that call Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, not to hold back, not to wait any longer. Who's your one? We, we talk about that here. Who's that one person in your life that you need to share Jesus with? And for you watching online today, who, who question what God's doing, who may wonder more and more who Jesus is in your life, we would love to connect with you. Even in this time, we, uh, on our webpage, if you go there, if you're watching through our, our website, uh, there's a form there uh, at the Church at Home um, page that you can click on and, and it's res a response card form that you can fill out and we'll be in contact with you if you're watching online right now um, on our facebook we invite you to to chime in with any questions you have and someone will get back to you but what are you waiting for jesus christ is lord of this earth what are you waiting for will you pray with me heavenly father i thank you for your word i thank you for your love I thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, may we not hold back. May we not be scared of what this world is throwing at us, what Satan's telling us not to do, but rather, Father, may we follow the lead of Philip and many others. May we share Jesus with those who need it. We love you, and we thank you for your son, in whose name we pray. Amen.